Podcaster Pod coming at you for another week of Shay on the line again. How's it doing? I'm back. <laughs> I'm alright. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both both like half fighting colds or whatever, but I think I feel like I almost have sure. a concussion. I don't know why, but I feel like I might have a concussion. Oh well. Don't I, I don't know. I'm sorry, but our, our pod doesn't have any concussion protocol, so we're just going to fight through that. No, we're going to power through it. Yeah, yeah. We're not, not a contact sport here. Um, usually not, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's if we're in the same apartment and drinking beers, and sometimes we just get stumbly, as the old editions <laughs> of the pod used to be, but it's it's fine now. We're just both on iced coffees and Red Bulls this morning, so... Well, this just morning for me... coffee now. Yeah. yeah. Earlier. I think caffeine's like one of the worst things for a concussion. Yeah, it probably is. But <laughs> oh, whatever, I'll bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get the ENTs on the line if I see you just uh, slowly start to fall off camera and like just uh, a slow trickle of blood from my nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a hot, I have a hotline here somewhere for uh, EMTs just for Shay if he passes out on pod, so we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Well, while we wait for that, while we wait for that to happen, we might as well chat about some big news. You know, we always say every week, um, I'm not sure what's gonna what's gonna happen, and usually just the sports world as it is just brings us news that um, to, to to give us things to talk about. Uh, last week you were talking about you just um, as we do often on pod, you just mentally blank about a player's name, and you were mentioning uh, a guy from Memphis that was going to be the number one pick, but you just couldn't think of his name. Because, possibly, yeah. Yeah, at the, yeah <laughs> possibly. It depends if he gets to play at all. Um, and we, since that day that we recorded that pod, his name's been in the news every day. It's it's funny how, yeah. funny how the world works that way, but we're talking about James Wiseman, um, potential number one yeah. pick from Memphis who obviously um, had the NCAA. Seven-footer with range. Yeah, yeah, had a 14-12 double-double yesterday, I think, against Oregon. So, um, yeah. I don't know why they weren't getting him the ball more. Maybe foul trouble, but I also didn't watch a lot of that game. But I figured since he was playing. But anyway, we'll get into the topic. Yeah. <laughs> Before we explain why we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, so James Wiseman. Uh, I mean, the short of it is that he well, obviously been recruited by Memphis, and uh, Penny Hardaway is the coach there. Um, and Penny apparently gave his family eleven and a half grand. I think it's eleven and a half thousand dollars. To help them move to alone to help them move to Memphis um, during during his high school years, which we'll get to that as well. Um, and the NCAA, though I think they knew about it, um, they originally ruled him eligible back in May, but now have ruled him ineligible, uh, which apparently has something to do with Penny Hardaway giving Memphis money back in two thousand eight, which technically makes him a booster. Which then uh, under their rulings, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a whole mess. So I mean, that's the short of it. But we can get into it. What's your what? I mean, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this? This had happened. Well, I wasn't surprised by it. I mean, you see high school players move to where they're going to go to college all the time, and you just like it crossed your mind that this can't be legal. But at the same time, it is legal most of the time. So it's like, oh, okay, well, they must have worked something out. But then I think he was such a high profile player that. The NCAA wanted to make an example out of it, but Memphis isn't listening to it, which is pretty cool, pretty uh, punk rock to say yeah. <laughs> in the day of the NCAA <laughs> running everything. So that's cool, but I think it will end up biting them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people saying that you know Memphis 
So it's been quite ballsy move of just playing him while because I mean, I guess you know they they appealed against it, which you know while while appeals and injunctions are going on, they can they technically can keep playing. But I think a lot of people say that they're still ballsy because if if the suspension does eventually come, that could have been backdated. He's not going to have any games set out if he if he does keep playing, which you know uh, Memphis are just taking the tack that. That we're going to stand up the NCAA and it probably <laughs> the NCAA. I I've made no secret of my my lack of yeah. love love for some of their uh, some of their archaic um, policies and how how they run run uh, college sports in a, in they take a very nineteenth century tack to a twenty first century um, a game now and I'm just not a fan of it at all. So I'm okay with Memphis taking that ballsy move, but I do worry that it might come back and bite them in the ass because. While there are things in motion, you know, we, we talked about the pay-for-play thing a couple of a couple of weeks ago. The California, you know, the NCAA does still have a lot of power, and I don't think I think we're not quite there yet in in being able to fight back against them. But I am genuinely interested to see how this goes because there is a lot of um, nuance to it. The fact that you know, calling him a booster for some money he donated back in back when I think Wiseman was seven years old when that happened. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think Penny was Penny was going. Oh yeah, I'm gonna gonna throw Memphis this money now because I'm gonna be coached there in you know ten years and and uh, and uh, this Wiseman kid that I've seen at seven years old is gonna be great. So <laughs> yeah, get all the wheels in motion to make this happen and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It seems like a very. It's one of those. It's one of those minor rules in the rule book about boosters and and whatever that, you know, it just it's very NCAA to to find that ruling and and make that happen. But then you know there is the high school co- case as well, which um, has to do with the fact that he Wiseman apparently played for Team Penny. I don't think Penny was he was just a sponsor of the AAU team, but yeah, and um, a lot of NBA guys do that. Yeah, and so basically the ruling. So he moved to Memphis during high school to to play Penny Hardaway's high school team at the time, and uh, the, because he'd played for Team Penny the summer before, apparently there's a 12 month rule that you can't play for um, you can't play high school basketball for the, a team that's the same coach. Or but then, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the coach apparently, so that's why there's the case. Um, the school the the district recently got ruled in favor of it, which means that the high school apparently might lose the championship or whatever. But now the high school is appealing again because they're saying no, he was just a sponsor, he wasn't a coach. So there's a whole mess going on there still now. In at the same time as this whole mess with the NCAA and college is going on, so you know it it obviously is you know Penny Penny gave them a loan to help them move. Um, obviously with the with the idea in mind that he would play for them as well. So there is. There was some motives there, but I still don't. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I care that a coach wants to go, wants to help out a family just to help them move for college. Like if he wants to, if he wants to coach you, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it is a murky waters, but like we're getting to that stage now with the pay for play stuff. That, um, and you know if it's good for the kid, um, you know if he wants to be there, I just, and he's just giving them a loan. I, I don't know. I, I don't have that much of a problem with it. I don't know why it's like, you know, it should ruin a kid's college career as well. Um, just for that. Right. So, yeah. Well, I think the the NCAA is just a big problem with NCAA basketball in general, because I, once the one and done thing is done in what, a couple of years, I think that this wouldn't even be a problem because Wiseman would have gone straight to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do think this opens kind of a weird precedent where if it's like, well, 
if coaches can start funneling money to bring recruits, like what in any sport, even like some of the non-revenue sports, if they can start funneling money to bring players that are recruiting to play high school in that same area, then that could open a Pandora's box of problems. But this case is so convoluted that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to, where to really begin with it. Um, I, I think it's, like I said, I just think it's cool that Memphis is letting him play yeah. <laughs> and kind of standing up to the NCAA. And I think if more colleges did that, then maybe we could get some actual change going on this. And I know we're going to talk about Chase Young here in a little bit. And it's kind of the same way. It's like, well, just play Chase Young anyway yeah. <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah. Because are they going to have to forfeit their games anyway? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to the Reggie Bush stuff. Even back in the day, it's like, oh, he had to forfeit his Heisman. It's like, did he really, though? Did, did Are we all just going to forget all that great stuff that Reggie Bush did for USC and like the special, like one of the best college football years I've ever seen. We're just gonna forget that because it's vacated. No, yeah, he still, he still won the trophy. Like he still does. He still have the trophy. I can't remember what happened in that. Well, like whatever. Who's gonna come get it? The no, NCAA? but I mean, I wonder. Like... If, I wonder. If it, I, I vaguely remember reading a story. I'd have to look that up now. I should have. Um, but as these discussions do, we organically get to Reggie Bush. But um, yeah, no, I, I still think of. I still think of him as a Heisman winner because he was. Fucking fantastic. That was one of my first memories of college football when I was still living in Australia was um, just, you know, hearing and reading about Reggie Bush vaguely. You know, it wasn't much in the Australian stratosphere because I had him at that interest in US sports even back then. Um, Reggie Bush was something I, I read about and, like, was one of my first – the first college athletes that really came into my world of living when I was just getting out of high school in Australia. So um, He was a video game. Yeah. And so I still think of him as a Heisman winner. I still think of that USC team as a national championship winner. Like you can't take away, oh, yeah, you sure. can't take away like those those memories you have, even if they backdate, you know, go back through the record books and put an asterisk there or just um, take them away completely. Uh, you, you you don't lose them. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And I think that's what we're gonna get with Chase Young and what we're gonna get with Wiseman this year. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess we can start talking about Chase Young now since I brought him up a couple times, but was it thing. was on the same day that it got all this got announced. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was within, uh, I think actually the first tweet I saw about it was someone, uh, one of the big ESPN guys or whatever, just putting out a tweet saying, oh, this, um, yeah, red letter day for the, uh, the <laughs> NCAA and the, with what they've done. Yeah, so Chase Young, uh, and his was any, wasn't it only, it was only, it was a few hundred dollars to get his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl? Some of that. Yeah, I don't know how much it was for, but it was definitely just for a trip to the Rose Bowl. So yeah, you know, probably less than a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah, and paid back in full apparently already. And uh, this is where the—I mean, this is where the pay for play thing comes into it a bit too. Like, if the guy needs needs help to get his girlfriend to go watch him play, you know, if he's you know got a got a got a sweetheart that he wants to get to the game, like I love that. And like <laughs> I can imagine being in the same position and. And, mm-hmm. and not having the money to do it and just someone someone that's maybe friendly to the program but apparently he's known him for a while i think um and that's usually how it goes yeah <laughs> but you know what who who cares to be honest i um, agree completely yeah. yeah um if he's just you know a friend of the program or friend of a friend of a friend or or he is a friend well, for friend a of the program makes it sound kind of sketchy because like then you're getting into um i can't I need to watch the U part two <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it a million times, but that guy was—I think his name was Devin, something like that. 
I can't remember his last name, but he was, you know, friend of the program, but he was giving all those guys money and stuff like that. And Ohio State's had problems with that with Terrell Pryor with that tattoo shop, which was yeah. a friend of the program type of thing. So that's where that gets that, that, that shouldn't have also been that serious either. Get some free tattoos. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I need that. Like Somebody <laughs> hooked me up. Of course, I'm not good at uh, at anything, but <laughs> 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 I'm Division Four in FIFA. I'll trade my FIFA status for some tattoos right now. <laughs> that's not bad because I can't get out of Division 10, so that's fine. <laughs> oh my that's that's oh no. I have I'm that's a topic for the next pod <laughs> since it is international break. Yeah. Um yeah, so like yeah, I guess yeah, it depends on what friend of the program means, but if you've just got genuine people right. around the program that are um are helping the athletes in, you know, more you know, more above the table ways, whatever, and they just say train, drink, Red Bull. Yeah. So uh, tired of yeah. these trains. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with it. It's just getting alone to get a girlfriend to the game. And that's, so he can't, yeah. he can't afford to do it himself at the time because obviously he's probably, he can't, doesn't have time for a job. We've talked about all this stuff with the pay for play stuff. He's ascended. Yeah. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So just yeah. go back and listen to that pod for yeah. all our thoughts. We kind of argued about it, but still, I don't, I think this is outside of what we were talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And, particularly with these two issues it just seems to be people just trying to survive or get 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 by or whatever um well i mean you know well the wife pay, stuff is a little bit yeah easier but yeah paying for your i'm girl- still fine with that yeah but paying for your girlfriend to get to the rose bowl is is just something he probably was like you know it was a really proud moment for him to be playing the big game and and he wanted to have his have his missus there and that's fine and he didn't have the money for it because he's obviously been dedicating his body and life to the college football program because college football programs at that level are essentially elite sports programs just without the pay. So, um, yeah, you know, he's, he's just wanted to get his misses there. And apparently, and like I said before, apparently it's paid back in full already. Like it, it was a very uh, like, and you know, these are all what they're saying. So we can't like, we've always got to have that grain of salt in mind, but I do just genuinely believe, especially in this one, like apparently he reported it. I think was this one the one he tried. that I, that i'm not sure of oh, um i don't dive too deep in this stuff anymore because it is so frustrating because mm-hmm. it is such i know i say gray area on this pod all the time but i think we live in a gray area so like there's no there's very few things that are black and white so yeah. th- this is one of them as far as you know it's weird to me that he could have you know filled out a lo- like a loan application for a credit card and probably bought the ticket through that and that's legal, but you can't take it through like a family friend or whatever, you know, I'm sure yeah. we've all accepted small loans from our families here and there and mm-hmm. then paid them back. Like that's just part of life. So, so why could he do it with a credit card company and not this person? I guess it's, it's kind of like you said, archaic system here in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Particularly, um, with a player of stature that, you know, if he's thinking NFL career and whatever in, in the future, um, you know. You oh, he get, should be the number one pick in my yeah. opinion, but too many teams need a quarterback. But yeah. that's and a whole could, different topic. <laughs> well, you know, he could walk into a loan application spot and be like, and people would know who he is and he could get a loan based on the fact that he, they might say, oh, you know, once you're an NFL draft pick, pay it back then. So that's a benefit in itself. Right, but that's super legal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there'd be ways around, like if you you did get a loan from a legitimate bank or company that had, that took into account his future pay based on the fact that they're just like, yeah, we know who you are. It doesn't have to be anything written on paper, but they just give him a loan, they approve the loan based on that. 
there'd be no paper trail. So that's kind of benefit in itself. So it's just like he's gone the more honest way of just getting a few hundred bucks from a family friend and it's, and it's bitten him in the ass. Whereas he could have walked into a bank that just knew his face and they would have been like, they might have just like brushed over a couple of the, the current financial struggles based on Yeah, that. I mean, it like have to be kind of a shady bank though. Because I think... No, no, I'm just, I'm just, uh, well, shady banks... I mean, well, yeah, it is, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just giving you like a hypothetical about how, how no, he, I agree. he yeah. could legally get money without a problem, but um, go on the honest way of just, you know, the family friend loan, as you said, um, or family, whatever. Um, yeah, just doesn't, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to have to talk about stupid shit like this because it just shouldn't be an issue. Like we shouldn't, yeah. You know, we should be talking because about Chase Young. We should be talking about Chase Young on the field, who is the most dominant college football player this season that I've seen. Like yeah. he's a game changer more than even Tua or Joe Burrow. I think yeah. um, if they gave defensive players the Heisman, he he would be up there. <laughs> but yeah. they don't do that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the, the thing, the, I'm trying to think of the last <clears> time <throat> I saw a um, defensive player even nominated. Was it Manta Teo? One of the last ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, was that that was 2012. Um, then before that was in Dominican Sioux. Yeah, two players uh, close to my close to my head, I guess, not my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Manta Teo would have tried to get a um, loan from his girlfriend too, but that didn't work out very well. That's not that's not necessary. <laughs> that's not necessary. <laughs> Still one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite stories of all time. A weird one, but yeah, um, Deadspin broke that story actually, which is pretty yeah, RIP. Pretty wild to think about. And then Donald Trump congratulated them on it, and they told him to fuck off on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're they're ahead of the game in many ways. Telling telling Trump to fuck off on Twitter back in 2012 wasn't as popular as it is now. So uh, that was pretty popular back then too. Uh, I think there's very few more people doing it now though. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I do it I do it weekly now. I was never doing it then. Yeah. He was just off my radar. Yeah, you're uh you're a crazy man on Twitter. I don't <laughs> uh <laughs> I can't rein you in. I get myself <laughs> yeah. I get I get myself banned a lot, but not banned properly yet somehow. <clears throat> Shadow ban. Yeah, yeah. Just the just the two day bans like with the uh you need to delete this tweet, otherwise we're not letting you back into your account. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. Yeah, no, I just I just did this screenshot of the tweet and then post that once I get back on. So that's good. You know. That's that's the kind of content we create here. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, usually it's very innocent just calling people that are um, bigots bigoted like calling yeah. them what they are and the, the Twitter doesn't like it sometimes. Or they don't like it and report it. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I've said plenty of bad things that haven't been reported, and then I call a guy a cunt, and he gets angry. So I don't know. Well, it's a series of tubes. No, I don't know. (laughs) uh... (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, anytime I tweet something even a little like out there, I like second guess myself within five seconds and delete it. But I think that's just clinical depression. I have done. I have done the. I have done delete at occasional times. It depends if I'm just like, nah, this wasn't worth it. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, this guy, this needed to be tweeted by someone. So you can usually usually tell that I've been drinking by like when I tweet something like I did on Saturday, which is like I wrote this and I think it's good. 
Yeah. I actually didn't pick up on the drinking vibe of that one. I was just like, that's a good way of like just putting it out there. So that's good. Um, yeah, Saturday was a transformative day <laughs> <laughs> for not only Arsenal Football Club but for Shea Carlson in, in full. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, but we'll talk about that next pod. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not read the run sheet past where Chase Young and we talk Wiseman. So. Yeah, I think well, we put a bow on that, though. I mean, well, there's one obviously, more thing. The, and I mean, there's no clear answer to this. Like, obviously, the NCAA can change its ways, but it's going to be such a long process of them changing their ways, and it's, there's going to be so many roadblocks that it's just going to be infuriating along the way. And we'll talk about it weekly, yeah. I think. But <laughs> yeah, um, and then it's just um, there was another thing I read that I was going to bring up with Wiseman, and we kind of got onto Chase Young, but. Um, they, they basically there's a few people in Memphis that are basically saying it's like a lot of the guys that you know because Memphis are building up their program um getting some good recruits of late and they're basically saying there's a little bit of a the NCAA elite you know the teams that do get away with all these things like the Dukes and all that that <laughs> have lost you know yeah. have had recruits that they thought they were getting that have um Kansas basically gone to Memphis instead um and so there is a little bit of that involved too, which we, we have seen a lot of the NC. I mean, you know, Louisville got um, a pretty hard, you know, um, pretty ha- handy penalty. But again, they're not quite in the bracket like the Duke, the North Carolina, the Kansas are kind of in that elite bracket where they there's very a lot of there's a lot of um, buried bodies out out in those out in those woods that um, we may never see the light of day because they're just that powerful in the, in the um, NCAA basketball realm. So you know, it does it will be. Interesting to see how this one goes because for uh, all the things we hear about uh, with shoes and, you know, I mean, the Arizona thing and then, and then, and then, you know, Oregon's often brought into the discussion as well, obviously, with their ties to Nike and whatever, and who knows what will come out about that in the future, if ever. Um, I, I always hope that it's nothing there, but I, I do understand the um, suspicions with Oregon uh, being the... Well, Nike makes shoes for them that, like, end up selling for tens of thousands of dollars that are unique just to the university of oregon yeah. so that's kind of it's kind of <laughs> that might not be a good idea nike <laughs> like stop doing that because the kids are going to want to sell them yeah well. and people will buy them um yeah so but i mean something just came out and when i say just i mean within the year came out about kansas and like play, paying a number of players but that's kind of been swept under the rug just mm-hmm. because it's beneficial for the NCAA to have a good Kansas team and a good North Carolina team and a good Kentucky team. And we should be talking about Kentucky being upset last night, not this bullshit. So that's what I don't get about the NCAA is like, do they just want everybody to continue talking about them rather than the thing on the court or on the field? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, it's kind of fresh. I'm assuming with the Memphis thing in particular, we're probably just hoping it would, just go away it's early in the basketball season and by by january we'd just be you know they would be gone but obviously memphis is saying no we're gonna fight this and it's making it a bigger story like a bigger story as it goes and obviously wiseman with his the props on him as a potential number one draft pick as you said um you know it was never i I don't know why the ncaa would have thought that if they did think it was going to be an easy one to um to crack down on uh, when you've got an, a guy that's as highly touted as he is, and then and then a program with a big name like Penny Hardaway with it, and 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 obviously they want to keep him on the court. So yeah, it'll be one that we'll keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, it's just <coughs> a bad 
bad day for the NCAA last week when both of these came out. In a continuing run of bad days that the NCAA has had over the, probably the last, you know, increasingly over the last few years as players get more voice, the pay-to-play stuff comes out and the NCAA just continually um, cracks down on these. And especially these two cases in particular, some of the more minor ones I've ever heard of um, in the in what they what they meant, um, they seem pretty innocent. Like there was good intentions behind them. So it does also just feel like that they're kind of like the NFL where they just don't care. Like they know that they're going against the fans' best wishes, but they just they're too big. Kind of like the banks in this country going say, back. Yeah. Too, <laughs> too big, too big to, to fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they can make unpopular decisions and just live with them because well first of all their boardroom is probably all seven-year-old white dudes mm-hmm. who like miss it back when when it was the old days and stuff like that so but <laughs> it's the new days and hopefully memphis is kind of setting up a precedent where teams can stand up to these guys and then the, those people will die out and hopefully a new day will dawn but they'll always be old white dudes who like it the way that it was when they were growing up unfortunately yeah yeah and that, that is one of the articles i was reading it was there was a slight racial tones to it which i was, oh of course wasn't going to bring into it at all like just obviously because that's just something that we 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 assume anyway but yeah when the ncaa is cracking down on the on the particularly memphis with the those guys there it's just like yeah there is a there is a lot of lot behind it that um yeah i think the ncaa is gonna find themselves in a in a, in a dog fight that they might win just because they've got the lawyer lawyering behind it, but they they might win on in the courtroom, but they won't win in the public public courtroom, and that's where um, they're continually taking losses, and and it's going to come back to bite them bigger um, at some point in the future when when this pay to play stuff, if it does keep going, and the and the public support um, is obvi- obviously there, um, I think for the the athletes more than the NCAA, it's just gonna it's gonna come to a head at some point in the next few years, I think, and this is one of those one one of those moments that they might win. And we'll win the battle now, but the war is uh, is getting increasingly unlikely to win for them, I think. Hundred years war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal and bloody, but yeah. They're not going to... I don't think... I just don't see a way around the NCAAs. They're uh, just... They want to keep it the way it has been, and it's just not going to happen. So, but hey, you know, we'll be on the right side of history. We talk about it every week. It's the, the world itself never stops evolving so yeah. to try to stop it is just insane but yeah. half half of the world is um hell-bent on trying to keep it the way that it is but it's just not going to happen yeah well you said you didn't read through the run sheet but um well past wiseman but professional um, speaking of speaking of someone trying to evolve the world before not in the right way um, the Astros, oh, tri- no. the Astros tried to use cameras to steal signs so that's a thing oh right just <laughs> switching to the pros but yeah Staying with corruption. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's bizarre. I mean, it's not unheard of. I, the history of baseball has always kind of had this, and te- good teams have kind of always done weird things like this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's like they they seem to be caught red-handed, and they it's just continued a terrible fall winter for <laughs> the Houston Astros. <laughs> PR team. Well, that's what I did say. And did you read the run sheet? I did say at the end of the sentence, I was like, "How like this is just the downfall of Astros of the last, basically since the start of the World Series." You know, they're on. They're um, everyone is 
you're like, oh, they're going to win the second World Series in three years. And then after that game one or two, whenever uh, the Soto screaming at the female reporter thing happened, not Soto, um, I don't know why Soto. <laughs> Soto wants it. <laughs> <laughs> The assistant GM. Yeah, the yeah. assistant GM. I, I was trying to think of. I don't remember his name, but he doesn't deserve to have his name remembered. He got fired. So yeah, good riddance, dickhead. But, um, but then you know that's continued, and and the the stealing signs thing is something that's come up. Uh, I remember vaguely hearing something about it a year ago or so, and then the Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees made made mention of it. They kind of said, "Hey, like they didn't go too deep into it, but they were they were kind of." I think they were suspicious what? of it in the, in their series this year, and then. Um, and then obviously this has come out from is it Mike Fears of X? He didn't pitch. Yeah. In, he didn't pitch in that World Series, but he was on the staff, so he was there. He knows what's going to be going on. So it's like it's it's not like it's someone just you know some random dude coming out and saying it. Yeah, anything. but does he have bad grapes? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, they're the kind of grapes that go vibe with my own my own feelings towards the Astros. <laughs> so I'm okay with those grapes. No, I think stealing signs happens a lot, and I think there's a lot of dirty work going on in the MLB. I know the Blue Jays, I think like five years ago, whenever they were good, were mm. being accused of it um, because of their stadium. They like could do some stuff in the outfield because they do have that hotel as a backdrop out there and yeah. you could do stuff like that. And So I think this is always kind of going on. It's kind of weird. And then you had the thing with the Cardinals hacking into the Astros uh, front office stuff to try to steal what they were doing with players. I just think baseball is kind of a dirty game and it's always been that way. <laughs> yeah, other than the Red Sox a few years ago, it was the Apple Watch thing or whatever when they were like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you do Apple Watch it, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, if it's happening, it doesn't mean it's right, especially particularly if um, the Astros... Right, What yeah. they're saying essentially is they had cameras set up to, and then they'll feed... Mm. I can't remember they were feeding this stuff back to... Um, that's like you're actually going to extra length. Like if you're just, I, I don't know, there just seems to be, it's like very, I don't know what the word is for it, just a very overt and um, and quite like, and especially if the other team's not doing it at all in the World Series. It's Bush like, League. Yeah. And I think everybody might be doing it though. And just follow me with this. Everybody's looking on iPads all the time now in the dugout. Yeah. How are you not going to steal signs doing that? Now, I'm not saying that it's right by any means. It's mm. stupid, and it's always been a thing in baseball where it's been Bush League, like I, like I just said. But everybody's looking at iPads all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was going somewhere with that, but I lost my train <laughs> of thought. I might have a concussion. <laughs> well, there's no blood coming from your nose yet, so we're fine. That's great. Um, I do have my Twitch going on though, so. So basically, I'm just I just tried to um, read up basically on what they're doing again. Essentially, so Dead air. the Astros use the TV monitor. <laughs> they use the TV monitor with a feed from center field camera near the dugout sets. Once players were able to figure out what the signs meant, they'd alert their hitters by banging on a dugout trash can. So basically, they had a code, like yeah. Morse code. So they just it, it's. You're not like if they know exactly what pitch is coming, then that is like you know it's obviously a massive, massive, massive advantage. So um, yeah, I think the they other... were doing it for changeups, which you know you can sit back on a changeup. Yeah, and, you know, great pitchers disguise their changeup as their fastball. So if you know it's coming, then you can just yeah lean back and wait on it and just crush it. Yeah, and um, it'll be interesting to go back and just watch the World Series and 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 see if you could hear. 
So if they're banging on banging on a trash can or whatever, then you'd be able to hear it, or it'd be it'd, it'd <laughs> be really, yeah. It, it's it's so far using a camera and then just Morse code. Like there's a there's a fairly big um, and it, and it does suck because the Astros, um, as much as I've liked to root against them over the last few years, they were damn good. There's some damn good players in that ball club. Like they don't, well, yeah, they don't deserve yeah. to have the the stain on their 2017 championship because they were a good team anyway, um, and they made it may have. And we don't know what in, until someone does go through all the game. I don't have the fucking time to go through all the games. I'd like to, I'd like to be paid to do that, but I don't. So I'm not going to go back through and watch all these World Series games again and see what, see if there was any um, more instances where you could work out that it happened and to the benefit of the Astros. So until all that kind of um, controversy goes through and we work out what what effect it had and there's any punishments or whatever. Um, the Astros don't deserve. Uh, well, the Astros organization might deserve whatever comes to them if they have been have got the systemic problem. But and whatever players were actually um, directly involved, it's kind of like um, the Australian cricket thing. I'm not going to go into it, but um, yeah, they they the Altuve's and and the, there's a lot of good talented players in that club that could win a World Series on their own merits without without that oh, yeah. without that help. Maybe it would have been a little bit. Who knows? But we'll we'll find out what the what actual help they got from it but yeah it's just it does suck because you don't as much as i don't like the astros because my rooting interests <laughs> have always been for teams that are battling against them i don't like seeing that like you know in sports you just like to accept that you got beaten by a better team or begrudgingly accept it and, mm. you, don't, and you don't want to have to think about oh what if they hadn't been doing this maybe they, you know yeah i haven't even talked to andrea about it yet but i don't know if she's <laughs> had much to, much much thought about it but yeah I know she, well, that series still went seven games, right? I mean, it did, yeah. And it felt like they were like, and it was, it was only at, it was only at home field too, I think, because they can't. They've got they can't set up. A they don't have. I assume they can't get the their camera set up yeah. in the right spot on an opposing field, and they still won. Um, but yeah, apparently, apparently, Dodgers fans are, uh, are tweeting at you, Darvish, and saying, "Oh, we're sorry, man," you know. And Darvish was just tweeting back, "I sucked, man. Like it's fine." Like he was taking it in stride, was being like. I was bad. Like Darvish but, is just not, yeah. He's yeah. not very good. <laughs> as, uh, as a coach fan, he's just not great, even yeah. without like you his, don't need cameras. His to social out his social media is great though. He was Yeah, he, yeah, they, it's cool that like you can see his personality because so much has been lost in the that he um had to speak through a translator during this time, but he does have like a really good sense of humor and mm-hmm. seems like a really good guy, he's just not very good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right now, uh, I I speak as a Cubs fan. Yeah, well, he was um yeah even that series like the he was really good in the playoffs up until that World Series against the Astros. But again, I'm not yeah, saying I'm not the pressure situation that he'd never been in before. Yeah. so you know that could be part of it too. And yeah, that game that game seven was at Dodger Stadium. Chavez Ravine, yeah, yeah. So um, if they didn't have the camera there, then that that game. As I said, the Astros are a damn good ball club, and they—they they, if they, you know, there was no sign stealing. But then again, they might have known the signs by then. So, um, <laughs> there's that exactly. Too. Like I'm not trying. Yeah. I'm not um, not conspiracy theorizing. It's just the the story is there as it is that they, um, from a pretty what you'd think is a pretty solid source, someone inside the ball club. Now that's the thing is what the next next phase of this is vetting vetting his his story against against the facts and working out if he does have a grudge as you said because that is a thing too he might be might have had some bad blood with 
an assistant GM that was a douchebag, which, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it might be legitimate too, but if he's got some bad blood and is coming out and, and making up something or are exaggerating some things that they were trying to do, uh, that could be something too. So we can't we can't say, that, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty in particular things like this because there is a lot of things to go through to work out what was exactly going on. But um, there is... Well, some, if they there are is already, proved guilty... Yeah. I mean, what 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 do we do? I mean, we just talked about how yeah how Reggie Bush is Heisman. Like, yeah, it got forfeited, but nobody nobody's gonna forget that he won the Heisman that year. What I mean, what what happens if this is reality? What do we retroactively reward the Dodgers with the championship? <laughs> no, I think it would be um, the worst case scenario. I mean, I guess the Reggie Bush thing is different because you're paid outside of it, but the on field product was still legitimate like he was just he's not like he was taking steroids he was just a damn good football player and um playing good yeah. football for it. and in usc are a good team they weren't they whether they got him uh, by paying some money and that's why he was there but the on-field product was still clean in 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 that sense whereas if you if you've got like a stain like um like sign stealing that was that was serious enough to for someone to deem that it, it turned us turned a series in their favor and then they might just vacate it, and then I don't. They won't. Reg- I in in Australia there was a team that in rug in the rugby league that um, had massive salary cap breaches over a period of years, and they won a couple of championships during those years, and they just vacated the championships. There's there's no one on record as winners of those years. Um, I can't see Major League Baseball doing. No, that. it would be it would be <laughs> it would be like the equivalent of the death penalty in the NCAA. I think it would be the absolute. It'd have to take something, and I don't think the. I don't think they'll find enough in the sign stealing to. They might say that, hey, that's you know, it might be, there might be the public stain on it, but I don't think it all. I don't think they'll take it away because I just don't think it. I, as much as I think it could have turned bits and pieces here and there, I think the Astros are still pretty good. So I, you've still got to fucking hit the. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be that bad, but I certainly certainly does put a stain on it. Um, it's the old asterisk yeah. thing, whatever you want to say about it. Um, I don't think it take, takes it away, but it does. And, you know, maybe Dodgers fans will feel some, you know, it might make them sleep easier at night saying, well, they might, might think, wait, we, we might have been, we might have won a series, but we got screwed out of it. You know, you do what you can as fans to, to okay yourself with how, how history went. And certainly I'm sure there's Dodgers fans out there kind of just still hurting from the last couple of World Series. Um, but they might be feeling a bit better about the fact that maybe, maybe they, maybe they were fighting against, one and a half teams, you know. That's true, but it still doesn't make up for playoff Kershaw. At the end of the day, you know. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, there's that the there's that one game. That... There was that game that he was up like eight three, and then suddenly the fucking Astros came roaring back. That's the one I'd love to That's go. True. That's the one I'd love to because that was at uh, Minute Maid Park. I'm ninety nine percent sure because that was game five, four or five. It was like really in the middle of that series. And if the um, Dodgers had won that one, it would have been a big. And they were they were up up big and up big and easy early, and then the Astros came roaring back. That would be one of those ones you'd want to go back and watch and just see if you could find anything. Um, and I'm not saying it's there. I'm just saying it would be interesting to go back and watch with this story in mind. Well, I'm sure there's video of it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's video of a World Series game somewhere that was played two years ago <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old reels back in the. Uh, Back in the video room, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it'd be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I'm, 
I, I try to be objective about these things and I'm like, I'm okay with, I think, yeah, the Astros are a good team, but it'll be, yeah, it's a, it's a big story. And it is, the, the source is what really made me want to talk about it. When I first heard it, I was like, I'm not going to talk about this. But then I saw that it was the guy that was on the staff. I thought that's, there's a bit more smoke there than, and particularly with the other stories of the Yankees talking about it and a few other, I, I still think it came out in 2017. Someone mentioned something about it too then. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah. So, yeah. And it'll be interesting. Tough to say. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see where baseball goes from if it if it does genuinely make a big story about a World Series win, um, whether or not they do anything about that. Um, I don't think they will, as I said. But what they do about moving forward as like putting some rulings in about you know if you, if people teams try this again kind of stuff. Like if it is does turn into as big a story as it potentially ha- has the pen- potential to do, what they do moving forward to you know. Um, try to stop teams from trying it because that's sometimes sometimes teams if they don't think the punishment will be it's kind of like you know you speed i got a speeding ticket the other day um i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't actually speed but my dad's often said there's a lot of you know people that have a lot of money um they'll do nine kilometers over the speed limit here because you only get one demerit point and you can afford to pay the fine if you if you occasionally get it it's like but if you make the penalties worse you know, so maybe maybe baseball teams being like, oh, we're not going to get much punish- punishment for any anyway. We'll push the envelope, but if this this story gets bigger and whatever, then maybe that maybe they'll put in put in ruling to make it you know more punishable in the future if if teams do try to push this envelope again. But it depends it depends what if if there is anything there at all. So it just seems with all the technology that they're not going to be able to like technology will always be a step ahead of them investigating it i guess yeah, <laughs> just yeah well the, app, the, app, the apple watches thing was like remember when that came out i was like jesus christ like yeah and that's like three years ago and that's that's still pretty pretty crazy technology so it's like yeah who knows what'll happen in you know in 50 years it'll be like oh they're, they're signaling the implants in their brains like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah as, as like we, those apple glasses or whatever that yeah you'll be able to see yeah, yeah that'll be <laughs> that'll be fun it'll be like rollerball yeah it'll I'm be excited. yeah with the robot strike zone <laughs> that Nate wants and all that stuff oh don't get me started on that <laughs> um, alright so back Some we can finally talk about some on-field stuff to kind of finish it up um, you brought up to me this week um, we haven't talked about the NFL much in the last couple of weeks but just to talk yep. about some of the biggest surprises and biggest disappointments this season um, I can't actually remember I could go back through the text and find them but I figured you might as well just ask you on pod uh, did you want to start with biggest surprises, or biggest disappointments? Um, let's go biggest disappointments. Yeah, you know, that's where I'm at with my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both live in that realm quite often. So, um, self-deprecation is the uh, is just the greatest form of therapy, really. <laughs> Other than drink, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you combine the two, and it's a great night. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but the opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I'm just shocked at where the Rams are right now, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been one of the most disappointing falls from graces, I guess, <laughs> that I've seen yeah. recently from an NFL team. And I just don't really get what's going on with them. Um, Goff looks like a shell of himself. And I know there's been some rumblings of how bad that offensive line is. And obviously, that's not going to help him, but you would think with all the t- and Gurley's fall from from superstardom has been a pretty big 
mark on their season, but uh, it just is shocking how, I mean, they were close to winning a Super Bowl last year. Now it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. No, particularly they're in a they're in a dogfight of a um, a division there. Unfortunately, um, you know. Oh yeah. Five and four. Best so, division in football. Yeah, five and four um, at this point of the season in your division some isn't great, but a lot of the times you're not too far out of being being in the fight yeah. still. But you know you've got the Forty Nine ers at eight and one and the Seahawks at eight and two, having just fought a great great battle themselves. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the NFC East, like the Cowboys and Eagles are both in five and four at the top of their division. So it's like, it, it's just, it's sometimes the luck of the division you're in. But yeah, they're certainly, certainly not good. I th- my my theory on it um, as the season's gone on is it really was just last year for everything fell together perfectly. Um, apart from towards the end, because Gurley did start to, his issues started to crop up towards the end of last season mm-hmm. and, and derailed their Super Bowl bid in many ways because all anyone could talk about leading into the Super Bowl would be is Gurley plays and does Gurley play and... He didn't really, and and he could. They missed him on that day, and then yeah, it's just rolled into this year with. And they've got more of a target on their back. You know, you come into teams, look at you a bit more, and try to game plan. You know, you know, coaches game plan for everyone. But when when you've been a Super Bowl um, contending team, you've got a bit more of a target on your back. And I think they've just everything. That, and you know, McVeigh was the talk of the town last year with his coaching. Everyone saying, oh, you know, this is a new breed. You know. Go go out and get every team's look, looking for their McVeigh last year and <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and now he's he's having his first real you know test you know he's had two this is his third season I think um, you know yeah he's, he's having his first real test as a coach as far as um, having to fight against uh, you know teams teams actually looking at you as as an elite team because there is you, you, when you're coaching a young up and coming upstarting team that you know no one's expecting anything from. Sometimes you can surprise people a little bit, but when you've been there for two years and you've just gone to a Super Bowl and lost, um, um, people people look at you at your team and see your your running back and you're a new hundred million dollar quarterback, and they start, you know, they start looking into the little things you're doing a little bit more, and and you've got less room for error. Um, so maybe th- there's something in that I think, and it's just and just that they are not they don't quite have the personnel there at the moment. Um, with the injuries and whatever else, you know, Marcus Peters had a bad start to the year and they traded him and now he's doing okay at Baltimore. So, you know. Well, you would think with two of the best defensive players in the league, probably the best two defensive players in the league, they should be fine. But it's <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not the case. Losing to Mason Rudolph is just not good enough um, for a team that's coming off a Super Bowl. That's pathetic. I mean, Mason Rudolph is a joke and not just his political beliefs. Like, he's not a good quarterback. <laughs> It's um um but in a similar vein I think I broached this topic with you this past weekend the the Kansas City Chiefs who were just as close to beating the Pats and ultimately winning a Super Bowl last year that they've they've fallen off pretty pretty hard um their defense it just it's gaping holes you losing to Ryan Tannehill now um and yeah. this Chiefs team the team that a lot of people thought would compete for the Super Bowl this year but I mean Mahomes can only do so much. Yeah, I mean, speaking of teams that are just lucky that they're in a shit division, you know, the Chiefs are six and four, but leading their division. So, yeah, the Raiders are kind of good, and the, was, the Chargers are getting frisky. So, I was going to say the Raiders will come up in probably the other side of the the, the bill here, but yeah, no, the Chiefs. I just think it's um, Mahomes, I mean, we we were three weeks in, we were just fucking circle jerking about Mahomes as a video game and a cheat code. And, and well, but, he is. You see that jump pass this week, and obviously the dude he threw it to. I don't even know his name. Um, again, concussion. Um, but uh, he just like had speed boosters, just like 
blasted through. It was like NFL blitz, like just blasted through the Titans secondary. Like it was nothing. Um, so the Chiefs have some cheat codes on offense, but they're def- like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, come on. What are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the Titans are... The Titans are another one that you could say is um, getting a little frisky lately with Tannehill and under center. And um, yeah, I, I drafted Derrick Henry in fantasy this year, and it's really paying off for me considering no, you know, is a low, lower pick. Um, but anyway, back to the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I just think it's um, we we got ahead of ourselves, and Mahomes can't do everything. Like that's that's the problem is like so much of the Chiefs' um, success or non-success is predicated on what Mahomes can and can't do. You know. That game that he had earlier in the season when we were like, oh, my God, this is unreal. Like, you know, he scored 28 points in the second quarter. That was almost all the points they scored for the game. You know, he had one good right. quarter. And, and you forget, like, that. so what are they doing the other three quarters when – and, you know, there's game, probably game managing after that. But the game was – I think the other th- – I can't remember who they played in that game. But, you know, they've had a lot of games even earlier in the season when they were winning well and Mahomes was putting up those crazy, crazy highlight plays and, you know, wheeling mm-hmm. out and just side-arming the ball in a way that we've never seen before. You know, those games are still finishing like 35-26 and stuff like that. So the defensive problems were there. We were just forgetting about them because as, as you as you want to do as fans of football you just or fans of sports, you just focus on the really cool things that you see. And sometimes we, sh- we um, really I, – I did wonder about their score lines at times because I was like they're just letting a lot of points go. But if they can just outscore the opposition, that's fine. But when the – again, we were talking about it with McVay and the Rams. Maybe teams are starting to tighten up, tighten up on them a little bit more. And, you know, when Titans are able to – Titans are able to get – score more than you, then that's really starting to bring some alarm bells on the defense there. And, um, yeah. Oh, definitely. Andy Reid and has some work and to do. There's definitely been alarm bells for that defense all season. You know, they, they, they allowed to come back from the Texans, who are not bad. And, um, obviously, the Ravens' loss doesn't look as bad um, in retrospect because Lamar Jackson – and Russell, it seems like Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are battling it out for the MVP this year, and it's a weekly uh, one-upsmanship, which is fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but one of the most pleasant surprises has been Lamar Jackson, and, and um, he's kind of like the new Mahomes in a way, but with more of a even more mobile than Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he should have been a running back, right? after that spin move i'm not uh i'm not too sure that uh he shouldn't have been but he's a great quarterback as well so i think you could line him up anywhere in the nfl i don't know if he can catch passes but uh, i'm just glad he's not a wide receiver yeah (laughs) yeah no i was just being facetious about the comments oh i know i was i was also about booger mcfarland and bill polian Um, (laughs) not the smartest men in the room even though they talk like it yeah no it's um it is is the greatest compliment to say that he could just be now, when you turn around and you say he's a great quarterback and also could be a great running back, because it just shows the the uh, spread of talent he has and has it himself to be able to, and that's and that's you know why guys like that get drafted, um, and and the leagues continue um, more and more at the moment. You know the amount of mobile quarterbacks you've got running around in the league now is um, you know, and it's it's hard to be as hard to be a successful one. Because there's a lot, you know, we've got Cam Newton who's pretty much out of the league now because of just the hits he's taken and how he probably just didn't do the right things with. Right, but uh, Lamar runs different than Cam. Well, that's what, I was saying, that's what I was getting to is that like Cam's yeah. like, Cam probably was his own worst enemy at times, whereas Lamar at the moment seems to be 
doing the right things. He's using it. It's using it. It's not using yourself as a just a a bull. It's um, you know, using your running ability, but not not just not letting yourself get smashed here every each and every play, just for the sake of getting an extra yard here and there, and then and then being able to pass the ball too. You know, the Ravens, and you know, Harbaugh's a good coach. And he's obviously coached some pretty good teams in the past um, in the past ten years. Won Super Bowls with Joe Flacco, which should get yourself a medal in itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing great outside of Baltimore, um, but you know he's brought he's brought Lamar Jackson in, who is a very different quarterback to Joe Flacco, and, and is making it work. And they're you know the second best team in the AFC, and arguably could be the um, well, they probably you could say they're the best team in the AFC because they beat the team above them as far as standings go. So yeah, but still, I think it still goes through New England uh, in January. So. I really I keep telling you, I really don't think we're as good. The defense is great, but we're not that good. <laughs> yeah. I, my money would still be on Brady and the Pats when they host the Ravens if it is the AFC Championship game. And who even knows if they get there? I, I could still see the Chiefs, as much as we just bash the Chiefs, I could still see the Chiefs beating they, the Ravens. If they get it together. Or the Pats in the playoffs. Yeah. If Mahomes gets health, gets a little bit healthier and kind of returns to form, he might be able to put up 45 points and then his defense can give up 42 and they'll still win. Kind of like... They did it all of last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had that 50-48 or whatever it was against, or 52, whatever yeah, it was against the Rams, Rams yeah. last year. Yeah. Wow. Both yeah. those teams, it's a, they're a stone's throw from, from where they were last season. Yeah, well, the Rams just can't put up the points they did last year. That's that's their major issue, I think. Um, defend, you know, Oh, they've given up some points this year too, so... Yeah. Um, so the Ravens, one of the big surprise teams, obviously. Um, I mean, we've always, I've always had a lot of respect for what the Ravens do um, because they've always been one of those tough teams. Um, but to rebuild and get this good this quick, um, you know, I don't think any of us are expecting Lamar Jackson to be, you know, even after that week one performance where they tore up the Dolphins, um, everyone was saying, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's just the Dolphins. Dolphins aren't as bad as everybody thought they were. Yeah, they're so. somehow winning games. Um, they're not bottom of the AFC. So I don't know why they're winning games. But <laughs> much to their fans' dismay, yeah. But it does seem it is a more than one quarterback draft. So I think if they end up with uh, Tua or Herbert or even Burrow now, yeah. they'd be happy. Yeah. Um, so Dolphins don't count as a surprise team. It's surprising that they've won two in a row or whatever they've won. But um, the Raiders, I think, um, even though they're, they're five and four, you know, they've had some. They're not. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna make any waves in the playoffs this year. But considering where they come from in the off season, um, we we were smashing hard knocks at the start of the year. The obvious Antonio Brown saga in the off season, all that stuff, and then just not having any faith in John Gruden. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he's proven us all wrong. Yeah, like I think they deserve to be one of the big surprise teams of the year because we were probably all expecting him to not win more than maybe three or four games. At, you know, they get those few wins, but. We, just we definitely thought, said that on the first pod. Yeah, we NFL thought they were an absolute shit show. It's like, is there's no other <laughs> way of putting it. That's what we thought. And they've just quietly five and four, only a game behind the Chiefs at the moment in their division. So they're right in the playoff mm-hmm. hunt. Um, just uh, you've got to say that. You've got to give them Especially that Especially wild card, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, not that I've watched much Raiders football, but um, that Josh Jacobs has been great. Um, obviously, you know, coming out of Alabama. and It was Alabama, wasn't it? 
Yes. Um, I was going to mention that uh, actually in class last week, I had to do a mock interview of John Gruden on camera. Uh, It's on the Quinnipiac server. So if you can hack into that, you can watch it. But uh, well, I know what I don't recommend it. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I had to research Gruden's team this year a little bit. And it it was really impressive when I went through it. You know, they've, they've had some good wins and some pretty good losses, which I know don't count for anything, but still. Um, I, we killed their front office last year for sending out Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, but now it, it, it kind of seems like those, those trades were a wash, if not in the Raiders favor. And then Mayock, Mike Mayock, um, who used to call Notre Dame games actually, <laughs> and worked for the NFL network, um, turn those, turn some of those picks into great players. Josh Jacobs is the rookie of the year. It's insane. And, the Raiders are playing without their number one pick this season, who got hurt, um, who got hurt in preseason, I think, and didn't even play a snap in the regular season. And uh, I think it's Jonathan Abrams. No, that's a filmmaker. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's something like that. He's the safety from Clemson. He's a mm-hmm. complete dickhead. One of the worst parts of Hard Knocks, but he's really good. And he would have. They would be even better if they had him. So this front office has done a great job. Um, with the drafts and after a season where they were getting killed it really seems like they might have known what they were doing so a thousand pardonses to <laughs> the Raiders and John Gruden yeah it is impressive I'll give them that credit I'll say I don't know if they knew what they're doing I'd, I'd say it's a little bit of luck in that too because you very easily have busted those drafts they've drafted well I still I still think Khalil Mack is an unreal talent Murray Cooper's going okay. Right. And Murray Cooper's going okay in Dallas, but they've what they've done is just turn those draft picks into um, they've scouted and rec- and drafted well. So yeah, definitely a wash. Um, which I don't think I was ever going. I didn't think I'd ever be saying about Khalil Mack in particular. Um, the Murray Cooper one. No, he's a talented receiver, and he's and he's certainly um, he's certainly doing okay down in Dallas. So, but yeah, um, to be able to say that the the trades have worked out for. Oakland is a is a win in itself because we just were we we thought they were some of the worst deals we'd ever seen. We didn't know what Gruden was doing. We didn't think there was a plan. We didn't think there was anything. We just thought it was a complete and utter travesty down there. They were just they there was just you know just crazy guy just waving his arms around and throwing shit against the wall. Whereas <laughs> now it's a, and now it's actually you know there's genuine genuine thought going into their drafting. They're uh, they're 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 finding the right guys in there. You know Josh Jacobs is just fantastic player. So. Yeah, I've got to give them the credit. Um, despite the amount of shit, like it could have just gone downhill so bad. And now you know they're moving to Vegas, and and there might be some hope there. Whereas we were thinking it was just gonna. I genuinely was thinking they were going to be moving to Vegas under the worst cloud they could. But now the season continues this way. You know, maybe scraping in for a wild card. But even if they don't, if they just continue kind of playing some decent football, and you know. They're going to move to Vegas with with some some good kind of good calm, good things coming their way, and it's yeah, completely unexpected. They're, they're my biggest surprise of the year, based on where they've come from. Absolutely, and they're doing it without it. it his name is Jonathan Abram, so I wasn't. <laughs> oh, you think <laughs> but he J- did. He JJ played at Abrams, Mississippi yeah. State, not Clemson. But I've been under that impression pre concussion <laughs> that he went, he was he went to Clemson just because I thought because. Oakland did draft three Clemson players this year, and I just assumed that their number one draft pick was one of them because mm-hmm. 
he was great, but he did go to Mississippi State, which me- means he probably got paid, which means he's very good. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they played the entire season without him. Um, you know, he was uh, he was their top draft pick this past year. So, yeah, um, yeah, he got a six point three signing bonus. <laughs> so that's pretty good for a rookie safety. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they know what they're doing out there. Um. And drafting players from a team that won multiple championships i like i think nfl guys will laugh at that but drafting players that know how to win i think is a huge deal and i think john gruden knows that so and renfro is um from clemson has made a big impact with them and they also got yogi ferrell from clemson like wait yogi ferrell's an nba player god damn it (laughs) (laughs) i'm genuinely worried you actually have a concussion now i might dude we'll talk (laughs) off air about it but um like the feral dude from Clemson is really good on the defensive line and um, Hunter Renfro caught the game winning touchdown this past weekend. You know, it's just guys that know where to be in the type of situations that end up winning games. So yeah. Raiders went from a joke to, uh, to a real contender pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's um, the biggest compliment we can get, give them is that, they genuinely were the butt of every goddamn joke that the NFL had in coming into week one. And even, um, uh, you know, after, you know, I think week one, they actually had a, what you could call an, no, they won in week one. And I think it just made everyone kind of sit there and go, uh, okay. They beat the Broncos. Yeah. Which, <laughs> who everybody thought it would be opposite. People thought the Broncos might compete this year for that sixth playoff spot, but, uh, they have Joe Flacco and then one of the the trio of Allens at quarterback now, so that's not gonna. And their defense has been surprisingly bad, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just not good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, any other big surprises for you? And I don't think there's anyone bigger than than the Raiders, to be honest. So yeah, we were kind of texting about it off air. Obviously, yeah. you I mean, can't the... hear our texts, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. don't think there has been anywhere near anybody like Oakland. Um, yeah. At least they're giving Oakland a show in their last year there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And and like I said, it's um they, they probably, there was some big worries about moving to Vegas, probably with such a dark cloud hanging over them, but they've turned it around well and, uh, and are going to give the, the Vegas, the Vegas um, start of the Vegas experience or whatever you want to call it, the Vegas <laughs> era, um, a better, a lot better start than what, what everyone is probably expecting to have. So Yeah. It's um yeah, and it's good to see you know I I I'm it's like I don't like have any love for John Gruden but I don't hate him either I just uh, his his shtick on on Monday Night Football or whatever it was used to sometimes great grind my gears but um you know. <laughs> <laughs> he did run Spider Y two Banana on Thursday night or whatever that play is called <laughs> and it worked so <laughs> Spider Y who knows no, I, can't, I can't do a fucking Gruden impression. I'm not even gonna start. The guy that I interviewed on camera because I was just interviewing another student who was acting like Gruden did a Gruden accent, so it was pretty. It was pretty wild. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Um, an Australian at 5:30 in the morning doing a Gruden impression probably isn't a, just isn't isn't good content. So an American with a concussion can't do one, one much better though either. So <laughs> it might not be far off though. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to get into football. I love these Clemson guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't actually that bad. And, you know, something to do with concuss- concussions and football just go hand in hand, right? So. <laughs> right, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, well, on that on that brilliant note, we'll uh, wrap this one up and uh, and get on to some other 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 types of football on the next pod. But you know, until next time, we'll uh, we'll uh, just keep keep doing our grudenisms and uh, hopefully hopefully survive our concussions and, and get through the next pod. So yeah, we'll uh, be staying sportsgasmic. Hopefully, I survived this concussion, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>